inspiring stories, important topics. Welcome to Passion in Action from VITAS Healthcare. Hi, I'm Diane Paceres, and this is Passion in Action. When it comes to end-of-life care, no one person can take on every task. It's truly a team effort, and the support that the interdisciplinary team provides to nurses is invaluable. On today's episode, I'll be joined by two VTOS employees who will share their firsthand experiences of how hospice care takes a village. Team manager, Tenaria Robinson, and registered nurse, Sherry Robertson, will be joining us. Together, we'll discuss the critical role the interdisciplinary team plays in supporting nurses, the many resources available to support team members at the bedside, and how nurses interact with the entire team. Welcome, Tenaria and Sherry. Hi. Hello, Diane. I'm delighted to have you both join me on this podcast, and I'm even more excited to hear about your insights and your experiences about your work at VTOS. And so I'd like to start out with just asking, what initially inspired you to come to work at VTOS Healthcare? I had an aunt, and she's been working for the company for 16 years, and she was like, I think you'll be great at hospice. And I was transitioning in between nursing jobs. And I was like, I'll give it a shot. So I started off as a case manager and worked my way up to team manager. Sherry, how about you? What inspired you to come to work at VTUS? My reason for joining and considering hospice actually started back during nursing school. I had never experienced death in any family member, friends, anything up until my 40s. And I went back to nursing school in my late 30s, graduated around 40. So I knew when it was going to happen, it was going to be big. During nursing school, I got one day of orienting with a hospice nurse, and I felt very comfortable. And the nurse noticed that and says, you'll be back. And I'm like, whatever that means, okay, <laughs> yeah, I'll take it positive. I did a little over 10 years in the hospital setting, and I always was drawn to my patients that were DNRs or did not seem to have family that were there and just felt obligated to be with them. Still didn't completely understand it, but I figured, you know, eventually I would do hospice. Uh, about five years ago, I was dealing with both of my parents at the same time with the terminal illnesses. My mother had ovarian cancer, and then my father a year later was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. He passed. She survived. But that was my first experience with hospice being on the receiving end, and it sparked my interest more. I had more questions. They automatically assume if you're a nurse, you know how all that works, even though, you know, I was on the daughter family side. So there were things I wanted to learn, things I wanted to improve. A very dear friend, coworker of mine had already joined VTOS, says, time to come over. You've always talked about it. Never looked back at all. And I'm approaching my third year with VTOS. And so can you both share a little bit more about your career with VTOS? Tenaria, a little bit more from you. About 16 months ago, I started off in the field in Flagler County as a case manager working under that branch. And I kind of was new to hospice and didn't understand it quite so well, but I caught on really fast. And so after six months of being in the field, they moved me up to team manager at the main Daytona branch. And that's where I'm at now. And I run a facilities team 
that's my background. So it worked out really great because I knew everybody in that world and bring a hospice to SNS and ALFs, you get to see the other side of it. And Sherry, how about you? Tell us a little bit more about your career since you've joined. So I've been on Team 2010 in St. Augustine my entire time. When I was first hired, this team was strictly a facilities team. But in the meantime, about a year into it, we started lending and doing more by zip codes and geographical. So we started incorporating homes. I'm still a predominantly ALFs and SNFs. I do have some homes, but I do find my comfort and love is in the facilities. So today's episode is predominantly around how the interdisciplinary team supports nurses and how you all support one another. So would each of you talk a little bit about the roles that are in your IDT or interdisciplinary team and what they actually do to support patient and family care? In my team, I'm the team manager. I oversee the team. I make sure all the facilities and ALFs are taken care of and have everything they need. And then I have a secretary. We call them patient care secretaries. They deal with all the paperwork and making sure the nurses and everyone have everything they need. We have registered nurse case managers who are out in the field taking care of the patients. And we have our physician. We have our nurse practitioner who help medically take care of the patient and are there to support the nurses through all that. And then we have a social worker who deals with the aspect of transfers and family members and all the other things. And then we have our chaplain who is there to support them emotionally and spiritually. And then we have our HHAs and there are CNAs who go and help take care of our patients and make sure they're clean and tidy and help out the facilities. They're the biggest part of helping out our facilities. Sherry, how about you? Tell us a little bit about your IDT team. It's very similar to how Tenaria explained ours personally. You know, we'll meet once a week and our meetings typically will always have our manager running the show, our secretaries behind the scenes making sure and everything is flawless. We have our doctor, we have chaplain presence, our social workers there, our HHAs. Right now they are doing it remote, but they are online. We have our LPN and our social worker, if I already mentioned that. It's sort of a roundtable scenario going. And as we're addressing the different patients, the environment is so that everybody feels comfortable to speak, step in, add their two cents. Most of us, honestly, have such a good communication throughout the week, so there's no real surprises. But the nice part is kind of painting the full picture. When we're discussing the one patient with the MD, our HHAs are phenomenal. They are a backbone. They see the patients more than any other discipline during the week. Thank you. Can each of you give an example of how it takes everyone, the nurses and the entire IDT team, to really provide specialized care for our patients and their families? A good example would be when you have to work together. I've had a situation where they called the nurse and there was a patient who needed to go on the CC, which is comfort care, because they were coming to that time where they needed extra help. And my nurse was like 30 minutes away. So I was like, well, I'm five minutes away. <laughs> Let me get in my car and come on out and let's see what we could do. And I called the nurse practitioner and the social worker and the chaplain and we all got in there and did our part to make sure that the family and the staff at the facility and the patient was comfortable at the time they needed us the most. 
Sherry, how about an example for you that you've experienced where it took the entire team to provide that specialized care? We've had some patients that have been on service. Their declines have been slow. And the positive is for everybody, you know, we've got to know the patient, get really close, become part of the family. And over that time frame, the needs change. It starts off immediately. We're doing the clinical for the patient itself. And then if it's a home patient, you know, we're educating the family members, empowering them. And I've noticed we'll see transitions, shifting of needs. I might, like I said, be the first one, making sure they have everything they need. Eventually, as things are getting closer to the end, we might need more assistance from our social worker. They've been coming in. I've had some really challenging passings at times where I needed to perform my clinical for my patient itself to make them comfortable. They were a COPD or the lack of oxygen was increasing anxieties. The main caregiver, she was in denial and she understood everything but was not accepting. And if it was not for the assistance of my social worker being able to come in and take that off my plate and provide even more thorough support and talking the family member through the process so they could accept it better. It always seems to work out. You have like a storm and then we get the calm afterwards, the rainbow, because the social workers, like I said, they jump on it. They get in. They are able to have the family see that, you know, the patient is comfortable. The patient is getting what they're needing. And we continue to let them know that after the patients left, we're still there for them months afterwards. Thank you for sharing that. So let's talk about how nurses in particular interact with the ID team members and support one another. Could you provide an example of ways that the team and nurses support one another in ways that folks may not even realize? I think the biggest way they support each other is because our IDT teams are family. And sometimes you're out there And most people think that hospice is you're working by yourself. It is so untrue. I've seen my team where a nurse might need them. And the social worker, the chaplain, the nurse practitioner will go out and be like, oh, no, we're here with you. You're not doing this by yourself. So I think it's the support of having each other's backs professionally, but also as friends and families as well. Because we don't just work together eight hours a day. We're there for each other 24-7. That is so fabulous to hear you say that. Sherry, how about yourself? What's an example where everybody's supporting one another in ways we don't even realize? One of the biggest things that stands out to me is that a lot of the nurses, especially those in facilities, we have multiples that might be in the same facility, and you become knowledgeable. I'm very knowledgeable about some of my coworkers' patients. They're not mine, but I see them and family members see me or I might be covering for them. So everybody has been able to develop some type of rapport. Our LPNs running out. There's times when the nurse, we try to take on too much thinking we can do it all. And that's when my manager steps in and is like, no, no, we have support and we get the LPN out to help. We have the social worker again. And families do start to see that because they're getting calls from different people in a good way. They get to know their voices. They get to know them and they will ask, is it going to be you or Jordan, for example? Like I said, since we overlap, everybody is familiar and they're able to chime in, give their opinion if they've seen some changes during their visits with somebody else. 
So you each have given some really great examples of how the IDT team supports one another and the nurses supporting the IDT team. But can you think of a challenging situation that you had in serving a patient and how your IDT team really stepped up to the plate to support you? We had a patient and they were going through a rough time and the facility called and was like, we need a nurse out here right away. The nurse went out and the patient ended up passing while she was there. It was very heart-wrenching for the nurse. And she was just calling and reaching out to whoever she could. And so as a team, we came together and helped her through that situation. She wasn't capable of doing it by herself. So it was me going there to support her, the chaplain, the social worker coming to support the family member to help because she couldn't make that death notification. She couldn't because it was just too much for her. So it was us coming together and being there for her, taking some of that burden off of her. That's a true definition of a team. Sherry, how about yourself? Have you had a challenging circumstance that your IDT team really stepped in for you? We have some assisted living facilities that they're not able to medicate if it's some narcotics. And when we've had patients that were passing and we were short-staffed for crisis care nurses, we had such a good relationship with this facility that we would step up. Our own RN case managers are like, I've got some time. I will stay there. I will be your CC nurse until we have somebody in place. Our LPN has done it many times. We get the word out. And like I said, if you're running short-staffed at a time, everybody steps up. It's not just staying within their own discipline. And like I said, we've had some facilities where you want to make sure the patient is not left alone at all. The patient, the family are doing fine, but the facility staff, because we're also caring for the staff. They've grown attached to the patient and are having to grieve themselves. So that's one of the things that surprises me, not now, but it did in the beginning, how much for the facilities, the staff becomes the family. And like I said, when we have not been able to have a CC nurse in there, our nurses have stepped up, our LPN has stepped up and provide it till we have somebody able to come in. You know, I've heard so many phenomenal stories regarding when our IDT team really came in and supported a patient in their dying wishes. Do you have an example of where you and your team came together to support one of your patient's dying wishes? One of our patients was on ICC, and he was at the point where, you know, he had some things that he wanted to do before he went. And actually, the nurse took the patient. His dying wish was he wanted to go on his go-kart one last time. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> so they took him on his go-kart one last time, and that night he passed away peacefully. Sherry, how about yourself? Has there been a situation similar to that or otherwise? There was a patient and their dying wish was to be traveling and family had an RV. The wife made it up all beautiful and they were able to get their trips and travel. The nurse that was the primary nurse for them did a phenomenal job setting up with our managers to make sure that they had coverage wherever they were going. We would check to the next location going, they're coming into town, you know, so, and they were ready and waiting for them. We got the whole team, IDG, each week it was like, where are they now? So they made a full circle, came back to St. Augustine in the end. But I know that was 
a very group collaborative effort would not have been possible for him to have had that happen, his final wishes, if it had not been for that RN and all of management making sure that it happened. So it was a beautiful thing to witness. Very nice. Now, could you do your job if, in fact, you didn't have an IDT team? No, not effectively and not sustainably. Like I said, I alluded to it earlier that you try, you know, our patients, you become obsessive, you want to be their number one, but there's times, you know, you need to be pulled in different directions, different patients, things just seem to happen at the same time. And as I said, it's not sustainable. You will wear yourself out. What my team and VTOS that I've noticed, they really try to instill the work-life balance let the LPM, that's why we have her. We have the runners to go doing that. Let the social worker, family needs respite, let her coordinate that. You think you're a superstar, and you are, but it is overwhelming. And like I said, to keep it sustainable, we need to utilize everybody. And again, I can't say it enough that you know our managers make sure that everybody is in and everybody does step up. You all are superstars. And what you all do day in and day out, is really phenomenal. Really phenomenal. Thank you. Tenaria. No way. No way I could do my job without my team. They are the biggest part of my job. Every single person on my team, from the HHAs all the way up to the nurses, social worker, chaplain, LPMs, I could not do it without them. They play the biggest role in running a successful team. So true. Now, did either of you have interdisciplinary teams at your prior employers? We did. I came from SNFs and ALFs, but they've never worked as well together as when it comes to VTOS and hospice. It was more of a you work together than a family environment. And I feel like with the work-life balance and the family environment that we promote here at VTOS, it works so much better together. How is the interdisciplinary team a differentiator for you as an employee? With skill facilities and SNFs, it's like everybody's in their own department. So, you know, social workers work with social workers, nursing works with nursing, and you might come together for that care plan meeting or morning meeting. But other than that, you guys are separated. With VTOS and hospice, you guys are working together all day long. You have to communicate with each other. You can't be successful in the field unless you're communicating with the nurses, communicating with the HHAs and the team manager and the chaplain and the social workers. Everybody plays a big part in every single resident. Great. Sherry, I'm going to ask the same of you. Have you had an interdisciplinary team supporting you? And if not, how is the VTOS IDT a differentiator for you as an employee? So my previous background was hospital experience. And yes, it existed, but it was not to this level. You did not have the voice. You just, you know, you would do your report to the next shift going. There was some interaction with the social worker or a case manager but it was just very fast and the patients are leaving the hospital. So there was no continuity there. So it was nothing compared to what we have with VTOS. Here, I believe your voice is heard. Every discipline listens. Every discipline contributes. And I definitely feel that our thoughts and observations are appreciated. 
So what are some ways that VITAS supports the interdisciplinary teams and what resources are provided to you all in your teams? I think the biggest support we have for VTOS is our VTOS standards. Our VTOS standards are on point and to the key in every situation. You can find the standard for everything to help you through whatever difficult situation that you might need out there. And our education is key to being successful. The standards in education is, it gets you through a lot of situations here. That's wonderful. Great to hear. Sherry, how about you? What's your perception of how VTOS supports the IDT team and the resources that we make available to you all? My perception is that if they're to tag onto Tenaria, we have the standards. We pretty much know, you know, we have our basic situations that pop up. But when there is something new, if we're not finding it, we definitely know we have people. Our manager can work our way up to our PCA. We have people that will be able to find these answers and respond promptly. There's a lot of collaboration. Great feedback from both of you. So before we wrap up, we would like to do a segment that's all about the passion in action moments of our guests. And that said, can you share one of the most touching moments you've experienced in your career one of the most touching moments in my career here would be building up our Daytona branch, just doing things to make everyone feel appreciated. I think the biggest part of staying at a job and being here for longevity is feeling appreciated at it. And so we'll do things as far as like Fourth of July, we had a whole office barbecue and making sure you put those make a differences in. When they do the little things and as long as your staff and your team and your office feels appreciated, they're going to stay. And then they show you that they appreciate you back. Sherry, how about yourself? What's been the most touching moment in your experience here at VTUS? The moments that seem to come to mind the most for me are I have a soft spot for my dementia and Alzheimer's patients in my facilities. What always seems to get to me at my heart the most is Being able to spend the time with them, literally, if there ever was a time to say, you know, be present, live in the moment. I have enjoyed those the most with some of my Alzheimer's patients. One of them that always kind of comes back to mind, I had a very strong-willed Italian woman. She was fluent in English, but she eventually, towards the end, resorted all the way back to her Italian And I do not speak Italian. I did have some Spanish, so we would meet in the middle, and she could find humor with me on that. Family was having difficulty accepting the present condition of their mother all the way pretty much to the end. And I still felt the patient could sense that. They had unease when the family was there, very tight-knit, loving, but just wasn't able to relax. My time with her When she was able to walk, we would just stroll. And I have to imagine we're strolling back through Italy, looking at the vegetable markets. That's what she would be talking about. And then we would do her songs. And I am a horrible singer, but I would sing the one Italian song that I knew. And she would just bust out laughing. But my point is that after, you know, you've done all your clinical side, it was just time just to be there. No rush not trying to fix anything, just accepting her for who she was at that moment. Wonderful. 
Well, I promise I won't ask you to hum a few bars. Thank you. That's <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> so would you like to share any final thoughts to our audience or anyone that may be considering a career in hospice care and BTOS? Sherry, let's start with you this time. I'll speak towards the nursing community. Many nurses, when they first hear, oh, you do hospice, I get that look on the face like, oh, and I'm like, it's okay. I said, there's more good times than bad times. Definitely the good outweighs the bad. I definitely would encourage you have autonomy. You are out working on your own. If you enjoy that, this can be a beautiful position for you. You're alone, but you always have the support. When we have new hires, that's the first thing I remind them. You might be out there on your own, but you are just a phone call, a text away. We'll be there for you. We will show up if we have to. Done that many times, and we will continue to do that. You just have to trust the process, and the teams are going to be there for you. They're going to provide the support. And I definitely encourage it for those that have been like in hospital settings or something more clinical, regimented that way. They're a little more skeptical, but I'm like, you need to give it a try. Tenaria, how about yourself? What are some final words you'd have for our listeners that may be considering hospice care at VTOS? Hospice is an adventure of its own. You learn a lot and you build relationships that will last forever. It is not being alone or independent is teamwork. You don't know that until you actually are a part of it. Teamwork makes everything easier. It takes a team for one patient. It does. And as long as you understand that being a part of a team makes everything go easier, hospice is the perfect job for anybody. Well, ladies, I truly want to take this opportunity to thank you both for being with me today. Your feedback, your insights are truly compelling. And honestly, what you do each day is nothing short of amazing. So really appreciate what each of you do day in and day out. And thank you once again for being a part of Passion in Action. Thank you for having me. Thank you. That's all for this episode of Passion in Action. I want to extend a huge thanks to Teneria and Sherry for joining us today to discuss how nurses and their IDTs collaborate to benefit everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time on Passion in Action from VTOS Healthcare. Healthcare.